I don't even know at this point, Curtis. You got it, man. You got this. I'm trying. What are you drinking? What are you sipping on? What am I drinking? Well, I can't tell you or else it's going to ruin the flying blind. All right, well. (laughs) Don't trick me into a good time, Curtis. episode 125 of this is my bourbon podcast i am your host barry i am so happy to welcome back one of the main co-hosts of the show curtis who is recording this from a safe socially distant location uh while we are still enjoying easter sunday curtis hey buddy what's up man how you doing i am uh, doing my best to survive and thrive i actually have a uh a plate of some Easter food next to me that my family just delivered. So I'm going to be chomping on that just, just throughout this, uh, this recording session. And, uh, I'll, I'll try to keep it to a minimum in terms of, uh, what you might hear, but <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited for these, uh, Al Gratin potatoes. Yeah, that's I, great, man. I'm staring at, I, so. think, I feel like that's, uh, how a lot of people's Easter's have been going or <laughs> people bringing over food and, uh, having, having food, uh, just six feet apart. <laughs> I've been having, uh, some bourbon six feet apart though. So that's good. Have you now in yes. what regard? Uh, just me and my roommate pretty much. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, but Fair I've enough. been having some, some of that infinity bear, uh, bottle that I had. Um, yes. Well, I really haven't explored a ton uh outside of you know what what i've been drinking lately though it's been a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff so i i won't bore anyone with the <laughs> with the same bottle that i've been drinking on you know <laughs> well i mean we can bore people a little bit later but uh we do start every episode out with a uh, flying blind and i figured because you didn't know what we reviewed last week curtis Yes. That you may as well uh, try this sample uh, and, uh, you know, get a little taste of uh, what it is that Swan and I reviewed. Because your internet did, you know, totally crap out while we were trying to make this oh, episode last week. One of my biggest pet peeves, man, is when internet doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We're in, it's 2020 and we can't get internet to work. <laughs> I mean, what is on? What is going on? It's um, obnoxious. It really is. It's the worst thing. It it crashed and then was out for like a couple hours. Then it comes back up for like ten minutes <laughs> and then it crashes. But I think we're at a good spot. I think we have been upgraded on our internet, so uh, that's a positive thing. But I'm super excited about this sample. Uh, yes. because I haven't, like I said, I haven't tried anything new as of right now. So <laughs> not knowing and going in blind, this is awesome. So what do you think about it then? Uh, I am pouring it right now and I will let you know. Oh, okay. Sorry. I I'm jumping ahead a little bit too much. All right. I'm also like, you know, way, way Ooh. invested in this, uh, plate of food. <laughs> yes. Next to me. As you should be. <laughs> Hmm. It's got a very maple syrup kind of nose. 
Mm. A nice sugar, uh, sugar maple syrup with like a pan, like I'm getting like pancakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. I haven't tasted it yet, so I'm going to going to try that now. Ooh, <laughs> I'm getting some apple, a little bit of an apple taste. Um, it kind of tastes has a little bit of a funk, so I I don't know if this is a a dusty or not, but um, it has that kind of vibe a little bit. I I will say for anybody who listened to last week's episode, this is not exactly what I was experiencing last week. I kind of am on board with that uh, with that dusty note. I would say, but at the same time, it's not 100% in that camp. Yeah. And, and it, I was having a little bit of a trouble. Like it has sort of a dusty quality, but it kind of has more of, I don't know if it's dusty is the right word. It doesn't taste <laughs> old. It just has a, that kind of uh, vibe that you get when you drink it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely hitting different for me than it was last week, but mm, man, oh, I, like I love it. that that like richness on the on the end of the palate into the finish. Um, it's very. The more I'm going on, if you were gonna say like like a, you're getting more of that charred smoke. Sure, sure. What were you gonna say? I was going to go like, also, sorry, I'm eating ham. Um, but <laughs> I was going to go like kind of dark chocolate, kind of oaky notes yep. as well. Um, I I like the savory aspect of it that you bring up, but um, I think it's a little bit bitter as well. Mm-hmm. But overall, I enjoy this as a... As a sipper bourbon, I would say. Yeah, on the finish, I I get the sweet, sweeter, bitter note. Um, yeah. And it's very smooth. I don't know what the proof point... What's I don't know the proof point on this, <laughs> uh, but if it's higher, I kind of am a little surprised. So any, any guesses as to what it might be then? Not really. I mean, it's something that... I don't know why I keep kind of going. It's like a way better version of the. Uh, what's the Alabama? Oh, the um, bur uh, whiskey. The the Clyde Mays. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting like a feel of a way better bourbon, like a way better version of that. <laughs> Well, uh, to to be quite honest with you, it is not the Clyde Mays whiskey. I knew um, that. Th- this is the Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Is it really? It really is. I get this now. <laughs> it it does if you're if you're tasting it blind. It does taste a take a little bit to kind of accustom or acclimate your palate to it. Yeah. Going straight off the bat, 
on it being I wouldn't have guessed it being Woodford double oaked right off sure. the bat. Sure. Uh but the mo- the chocolate, the deep chocolate uh note that I that you were were discussing and talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean I kind of am like, well, duh, Kurt, how did you not get that? <laughs> the darker kind of part of the the dark chocolate and oakiness kind of threw me off of it being uh, like a dusty a little bit. Right, right. It's just off profile from any other bourbon because I was yeah. kind of going in expecting, you know, okay, this is a bourbon that uh, isn't double oaked or this is more traditional of what we usually go for. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that threw me off. And, and Swan and I were saying last week, too, that we would really like to do a, a blind flight of some some double-barreled whiskeys. And I, I don't quite know how this one would hold up necessarily, mm-hmm. but I, I am interested at the very least to, you know, take a dive into <laughs> into that that realm. Yeah. How many double-oaked uh, products are out there? We really were only co- able to come up with like three so uh woodford double oaked of course uh the jim beam double oaked yep and the uh old forester 1910 yeah the jim beam double oak is uh pretty solid yeah i agree uh and i think another thing that and i'm sure you guys probably have talked about it a little bit is it kind of throws you off a little bit because or it's hard to guess when you're doing it blind anyway yeah. Uh, because how often are you having double oaked products? Oh, not very often. Yeah. So I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, it's not necessarily something that's at the forefront of your mind, especially when you're doing blind tastings. But um, I think there's there's something interesting to be explored uh, in that realm. Yeah, I enjoy double oaked products. Uh, I do too. I do too. As as few as I I try it, I I don't have it that often, but (laughs) I definitely enjoy it. It's a good it's a good product. Um, What did you guys guess? Well, I mean, I I knew what it was. Yeah, what Um, what did Swan? Swan was between it being a like a, a a Texas whiskey. Or it being a dickle bourbon, hmm. um, okay, which I thought was really interesting. But I, you know, it, in in terms of it being a Texas whiskey, I kind of understand where he might be coming from because there's more oak that's present, um, and you know, Texas bourbons, Texas whiskeys tend to they they might spend less time in the barrel, uh, but they definitely are imparted with more of the oak notes because of the extreme heat that is present in, yeah. uh, in, in Texas. So I can see what, uh, what, where he was coming from in that instance. I knew what I was drinking, so yeah. I couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't, I, I couldn't go, that. Hmm, maybe this is an Elijah Craig barrel proof. Yeah. Okay, I wouldn't have given it that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, me neither, but my point still stands. (laughs) Yeah. It was solid. Either way, though, 
I I I I know that you have not had much recently that's been different, but what what have you been drinking recently, Kurt? Uh like I said, I've been I've been uh sipping on that infinity bottle that has kind of Henry McKenna, uh Wild Turkey, Master's Keep, uh mm-hmm. Knob Creek. And it's really solid, and and the more I have it, the more it kind of opens up and has a, uh, it's evolved into you know right. as it, as it's had time to kind of mingle together, mm-hmm. it's gotten better. Uh, the finish for me, it kind of, it, it's short, and I, but the palate is is pretty phenomenal. <laughs> so that's what I've been having. I also have been having. Uh, some margaritas. I've been making my own margaritas. <laughs> and that's not bourbon, but it's been good. But it's been what you've been drinking recently. Yeah. I mean, it's literally what I've been drinking recently. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I, I accidentally got a, 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 like the light margarita mix the oh, other day. Oh, no. And How's that? I'm, I, I haven't tried it because I'm a little, I'm a little bummed that I even accidentally bought it. So... I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of let it sit. I don't really know what happened to the receipt um, <laughs> that I got it with. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go back to Kroger and buy a regular one. Okay. <laughs> that, that's because, probably fair. Yeah. I, I mean, it was only five bucks. I mean, it can't be. It can't be. Yeah, it can't be impeding my wallet too much. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But what else? Have, I, what have you been drinking? I have been uh, staying pretty standard, uh, honestly, and and you know I've gotten a little bit into the the bottles that I've had in reserve, like my uh, my Elijah Craig Barrel Proofs, or you know certain store picks that I've uh, really wanted to to hold on to for a rainy day. But you know, for the most part, I'm I'm really hanging in the uh, the Turkey One Hundred One camp the Knob Creek single barrels, you know, that it's just, I, I want to, I want to deep dive into my cabinet, but at the same time, I want to reserve it for when everything blows over and <laughs> we can, you know, get together and have some, have some good drinks. Yeah. At that point. More, more of a, a special time, a celebration of, you know <laughs> exactly and, I, and i'm kind of i'm kind of in the like uh sustaining or maintaining mindset right now yeah like i'm not, i'm not you know i'm not trying to go crazy i'm not you know thinking oh i've got to have this or that it's just kind of like all right now i understand what my daily drinker <laughs> actually means yes exactly with that being said um, I, I do hope that everybody is doing okay out there. Um, if you are being directly affected by the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, our, our thoughts and prayers, of course, go out to you all. Uh, it is not a great time for anybody in the world, but um, we do hope that you all are getting through it the best of your abilities. And I hope that you guys uh, can find some kind of solace in these weekly episodes that we are continuing to do uh, regardless of what is going on in the outside world. Um, We are also launching this week, a new series of the podcast. It is called the ISO sessions. And I am basically just 
chatting with, recording with uh, friends of the show and checking in with everybody and making sure that uh, we're all staying relatively sane, I would say, during these these wild, unprecedented times. But uh, that's going to be every Friday for the next, I would say, foreseeable future. Um, but I, I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy some of these conversations that that I've been able to have with uh, with guests of the show, whether uh, whether they are old or new. Um, it, you're, you're going to you're going to enjoy it, and I hope that uh, it gives you the opportunity to you know not just once a week step back from what what's going on and listen to this my bourbon podcast, but now twice a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and you get to you get some you get a little bit of solace at that exactly. point. But uh, and you also um, get live streams, so that's nice. Yes, yeah the the live streams are still going on every Thursday night, uh, eight thirty Eastern American time. Um, YouTube.com slash my bourbon podcast. I mean, there there's still so much going on. Um, and it's not just me. It is so many of our our friends uh, in the the whiskey tube community and the the podcast community. Um, you know, everybody's still putting out weekly content. They're still you know going live. They're still trying to just maintain normalcy. And we're we're all we're all here, and we are trying to remain as present as possible. So, with lots think- of bourbon. With very much bourbon, <laughs> very much bourbon forward is what I'm getting. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And as we talk about going bourbon forward, we have to talk about what's been going on in the news, and understandably so, things are slowing down just a little bit uh, in the news community for the whiskey industry. Um, but there's still some some kind of cool things that we get to uh, we get to talk about. Uh, the first one comes from the Bardstown Bourbon Company. Um, they are currently looking for the world's top whiskey taster, uh, which will be their uh, basically um, who controls what the 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 profile is going to be like for the Bardstown Bourbon Company moving forward. And they would also um, considering moving them into the competition aspect. Uh, of the 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 whiskey world, so I'm very interested in <laughs> what what this would look like in the future. Oh, this seems like this is awesome. To be honest, I mean, it seems pretty cool that that they would come up with a competition like this, and it's open to all, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can submit a an application they have like a video uh application i think right yeah or at least like give a a a prowess of like you know you need to have a a developed palette uh your passion for with uh whiskey and bourbon uh but it seems really cool Mm -hmm. what's your thoughts well i think i may as well you know submit (laughs) do it it would make sense yeah I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason not to if it's just open to the public, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, I think it's really, really kind of cool um, to to see them opening up to the public in, in in much the same way that you know design competitions do or songwriting competitions do, and you know, it, it it's not in the same way that uh, 
you know, we, we talk a lot about graphic design competitions and how um, you're basically not getting paid to be creative. I think that this is you being able to put yourself forward in something that could be very, very beneficial without having to stretch the the creative mind. Mm. Does that make sense what, I, what I'm saying? Like it, it seems like uh, there, there's a better there's a better method for this than creating a, a movie poster or a logo for something that might just not get accepted. I think that this is very, very much in tune with those of us who are tasting whiskey anyway, or, you know, taking our own notes. Um, I don't think, I do not think by any stretch of the imagination that I would do well in this, but I, I kind of want to, I'm going to kind of throw my hat into the ring. At yeah, the very I, least. Mean, I think it's a, a good benchmark uh, for somebody that's, you know, sitting there going, Hey, I, I listen, I, and, and I listen to a lot of bourbon podcasts. I listen to, uh, you know, a lot of the industry news and I've been, you know, perfecting my palate and improving my palate for, uh, however many years. I think that's mm-hmm. A good way to put your hat in the ring and see exactly where you kind of are, uh, at where your palate is, uh, comparing to other people. Um, I, I think that's it's a good benchmark to know where you sit as far as the overall consensus. I don't think that yeah, this necessarily says like, oh, this person knows exactly what they're talking about, and this person doesn't know anything, you know. Uh, because palettes are totally different. Yeah. But I think it gives a good benchmark of that. And uh, it also, it offers, uh, I, I'm reading here and it says, there's a chance to win $20,000. Uh, <laughs> Ain't so plus, bad. Yeah, that's not so bad. Plus a scholarship <laughs> to uh, Moonshine University's Executive Bourbon Steward Program. Um, I I don't exactly know what that is, but it seems cool. And uh, this, and then you have a contract position as a distillery ambassador, so that's that's pretty awesome as well. Yeah, and that's all coming from Bardstown Bourbon Company, which is uh, an up and coming with their own product. Uh, yeah, they've already been sure. known known to you know sourcing to other really good brands, and. Uh, it's a it's a great company to be to be in the know for you know yeah absolutely and I think that um, I think that what we are seeing is the invitation to be involved in the bourbon community in a way that people didn't really think that they could have before now I mean being being ta- paid to to taste whiskey <laughs> on a on a professional level. Yeah, that's exciting. That is really, really entertaining just in the in the thought itself. But um, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how how this plays out. Um, like we said, it's open to everybody. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be really cool to, to see how people respond to it. Um, moving on, uh, Beam Suntory India has uh, donated one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh, to hospitality workers during the uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, 
for those of you who don't know, Beam Suntory owns Maker's Mark. They own Jim Beam. They own uh, uh, Nika as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they are very well spread out. Uh, but what is really cool is just that they are taking this instance and they are responding in a way um, much like those distilleries who are, you know, creating hand sanitizer or they are trying to raise money one way or another. I, I mean, th- this is just, you know, coming straight out of their pockets to uh, to help out the Restaurant Association of India. Um, and, and it's just incredible. It really, really is cool. Yeah, it's a good initiative. I mean, it's great uh, that they're supporting all of those workers and uh it it seemed like that it was a pretty quick lockdown uh based off of what i've seen in the news is that it happened really quick so oh, yeah. uh i wouldn't say unexpected but it seemed like it happened very quick and rapidly and yeah yeah and it, it's going to affect quite a few businesses as as it has everywhere within the world but i think it's a a great uh, great gesture for sure you know, the, the I think that, and in, in, in it's it might be distilling it down to too much, but it really does seem like the hospitality industry has been hit, if not the hardest, but at least really, really hard by this whole thing. I mean, nobody's coming and staying in hotels. Nobody's trying to go on. I distillery tours i mean nobody nobody's going to restaurants and ordering drinks from uh, really dedicated bartenders i mean it the hospitality industry at this point is like nothing i mean it's it, it's very very minuscule at this point so it's cool to see uh in a company of this size donating a fairly significant amount of money uh, to to the relief efforts, and even all the way over in India. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. On, I mean, it has affected hospitality significantly. It's something that has never been really happened before, mm-hmm. where we have had to close down and shut down everything pretty much, except for essential workers. Uh, you right. know restaurants and and hospitality and hotels they they solely focus on people being able to travel outside and to be able to get into uh their venues and and their their businesses yes so anything that helps is that's important is is keeping those people on the payrolls to help those businesses keep uh working so i think it's right. it's a it's a good good uh you know initiative to have and and great for jim beam to to be able to contribute to that so the the other thing that has been really significant about uh the the bourbon or the whiskey industry has been uh those distilleries who have decided to create hand sanitizer during these times uh and it's been to uh you know support healthcare workers without trying to uh, charge them anything. It's all been very upfront and free. And Jim Beam has now uh, found a way to uh, provide their own 
line of hand sanitizer uh, to the medical professionals. Um, it's it this this has been really interesting to watch over the past week or so. Um, the the it's so frustrating, but distilleries are not being supported in the way that they should even though they are providing something that is so essential to the community, to the world right now, just in the form of of hand sanitizer, just in the form of trying to make sure that people are healthy as they go into a very, very dangerous workplace. And the the government is and, and we're we're not trying to get too in the weeds, of course, of, you know, what what is government oversight or whatever, but there has been this push recently for the government to tax distilleries who are still producing product, even if it is not whiskey. And this has moved into the the hand sanitizer realm. It -hmm. is very, very strange to me um, to, to see folks still wanting to make a dollar while the the world is suffering and i i it I, again i am really not trying to get political with this but this is really really sad to see that taxes are still so dominant during this time and so with that, how does that, do you know how that works? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know the, the legality of it and everything. Um, I'm assuming that they're, they're taxed based off of what they produce, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the legal definitions or the, the legal ramifications of it all are. Yeah. Nonetheless, um, I, I'm sure it is probably pretty significant. Yeah. It's it it just is bizarre, and I think that um, when when you look at those who are trying to help, we shouldn't be criticizing them, and we we should try to stand as a as strong with them as possible. And I, I think that you know. Jim Beam, who is the biggest producer of of bourbon in the entire world, um, to be moving towards helping out the health industry. Um, well done. Good on you guys. Seriously. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's great that everybody... It, it's been great to see everybody that is and companies that are going and uniting to help in in the fight of all that of all this yeah yeah i agree it it seems like there's a lot of companies that are really going forth and uh and coming up with their own programs to to donate to give back to their communities it is something that's great to see um you know just based on a company standpoint and a state standpoint I've seen so many, you know, there's distilleries, there's breweries that are giving back. There's just, I mean, companies in general are giving back and, and that's great to see. What I like to see 
you know, a little more from the federal government. Sure. But, um, yeah, exactly. but it's been great to see the unity of what makes, uh, everybody come together sure. in, in times of need. So we'll, we'll try to move into a little bit of lighter news, but, uh, Buffalo trace, uh, has, has won a really, really big amount of awards at the uh, San Francisco world spirits competition. Mm-hmm. Um, First and foremost, the Eagle Rare 17-year-old from the Antique Collection uh, earned double gold. Uh, the William LaRue Weller also earned double gold, yep. as did the Thomas H. Handy. Uh, so that's three out of the five Antique Collection whiskeys. I think they're doing well. <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing okay. Stag Jr. as well, and the Elmer Teeley single barrel. Uh, on down from there, uh, the gold medals went to E.H. Uh, e. Taylor Jr. Small Match and Single Barrel, uh, Weller Special Reserve, and the Weller Foolproof. Silver went to Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare Tenure, George T. Stagg, E.H. Taylor Bottled and Bond Straight Rye Whiskey, the Weller CYPB, and the Weller 12 Year, and the Bronze went to the Antique 107 Weller, the Wheatley Vodka, and the Buffalo Trace Cream Liqueur. So... Buffalo Trace is doing okay for themselves (laughs) (laughs) right now in terms of accolades. Um, And one thing that I have to point out, uh, two of my, some of my favorites were the uh, Thomas H. Handy. Yes. The American Rye Whiskey. When we tasted the antique collection, that one really stood out to me. It had a nice kind of minty spice note that was just, just, I mean, very, very good. I, I really like that one. I think that made my top, uh, one of my top fives. Yeah, I can't, year. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it, I, I'm it fairly did, certain it, it, well. it made the top five. Uh, and then that Stag Jr., that was really, really good. <laughs> Last year's Stag Jr. was it outperformed itself, yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just felt like it was. Above and beyond what I'm a Stag to, Junior normally is. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, p- kind of pinpoint what was so good about this Stag Junior. W- what do you think on that? Mm. Obviously, we haven't had it in a while, but well, that that is fair. But from from what I remember, it was the depth of complexity. Um, all the way through to the the price point. I mean, it it just seemed to present itself in a way that was similar to the Elijah Craig barrel proofs of the world. I was just about like, to say that. <laughs> like it, it just seemed to be in that same vein, and it, it's not that it was you know tip or tat or anything, but Stag Junior really showed up and showed out last year. So I understand. At the very least, a gold. Um, I don't know the grading criteria for this uh, San Francisco World Spirits competition, um, especially to qualify it for being double gold. But, I mean, both of the batches from last year's Stag Juniors were spectacular. Yeah, they they outdid themselves uh, this year, or last year. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I it, it kind of goes without saying that... Uh, that the Buffalo Trace is doing well in terms of, you know, the products that they are producing. But 
it, it is nice to have kind of that uh, that justification behind it or that support to say, yeah, they're they're actually <laughs> they're actually putting out really really quality products at the moment. Exactly. We done new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, one more bit of news before we move into the uh, TTB releases of the week. I, Chicken Cock is releasing a two-year-old straight rye whiskey. And we're not going to talk about this too much on this week's episode because uh, we are actually very thankful to welcome Greg Snyder, who is the, the master distiller uh, of uh, the, the Grain and Barrel Spirits Distillery. Uh, who produces Chicken Cock, uh, onto the show here next week. So uh, we're going to be recording that interview with Greg uh, coming up here in a couple of days, and I'm very much looking forward to chatting with him. Uh, it, just just a quote from the, uh, from the press release. Made in partnership with the Bardstown Bourbon Company as part of its collaborative distilling program, the new straight rye whiskey was 100% distilled, aged, and bottled in the Bluegrass State. It's a beautifully balanced, non-chill filtered, 95% rye whiskey, which features a caramel color with a hue of dark orange. The nose reveals a tremendous complexity of spices, including pepper and cinnamon, uh, with a hint of dryness and slight overtones of citrus and oak. A creamy, almost buttery mouthfeel is complemented by vanilla, uh, vanilla and butterscotch, followed by a long, slow, peppery finish with a hint of sweet honey. At 90 proof, uh, there is a slight welcome heat, like the new Kentucky Straight Bourbon, the Kentucky Straight Rye is bottled in a pre-prohibition era chicken cock replica apothecary style bottle. That was a hard last sentence to read <laughs> <laughs> in like a breath and a half. But yeah, um, I, I am looking forward to to trying this and to get into chat with Greg uh, about this this product in general. I have really uh, not had anything that has disappointed me from the the chicken cock line. Uh, I don't know, Kurt, whether or not you have gotten to experience any of their products. Um, but overall, it seems like it has been pretty consistent at the very least. Yeah, I I have. And it's it very much is consistent. It's very good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's great that we get to have him on. And I'm very excited to hear uh, what he says about the two-year rye whiskey. Um, everything from chicken cock I've had is uh, very, very solid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll kind of leave it at that, uh, and, and we'll pick up this conversation uh, here next week. But we do have a couple of, uh, of TTB releases uh, that have come across the board this week. Yeah. Uh, this first one, really kind of, uh, kind of surprised by it, but it is the, uh, the Old Hickory Hermitage Gold Reserve. This is really a, a strange label to me. Um, we'll, we'll get through a little bit of the weeds before we talk about what it is itself. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it, it claims that it is a, a, a whiskey. Um, it is 10 years old. It's 128 proof. But the mash bill is 99% corn and 1% malted barley, which actually would qualify it to be a bourbon. So it's really strange that even it, and it's 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 an American whiskey too. I mean, it, it's not distilled or produced anywhere 
outside of the United States. It's actually produced in, uh, well, it's distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which makes it an MGP, <laughs> an MGP whiskey, uh, and it's bottled in uh, in Ohio. So, I mean, it, it qualifies across the board, basically, for being a bourbon. But they didn't go with the bourbon label. I, I don't know if they're trying to, you know, blend in other alcohol to, you know, make it a whiskey or make it flavorful. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like as we move on and, and, and develop in the world of bourbon producers, whiskey producers, by establishing yourself as a bourbon brand, that seems like it would have been more beneficial to your your product. I mean, what, what do you think, Kurt? Yeah, I wonder that as well, because I, I'm reading the label it and it says, uh, you know, just on the whole the whole description of the old Hickory stamp collection, uh, you know, all the history and kind of story they build around. Uh, it says it says, uh, let me see here, a secret distillery on the Hermitage grounds Our our Hermitage Reserve Rye is a tribute to the rich bourbon culture and its authentic American roots. That and, and even then, that's really confusing. Yeah, because they talk about a reserve rye. Exactly. And then they go to a bourbon, and then they are considering this just whisk, just a whiskey. So the, I, I want I want to point something out. This is now the second week in a row that we have looked at a TTB label that has claimed to be one thing in in terms of its product name. But once it got into the the description of it, kind of contradicts that. So last week was the the ten cup rye whiskey, uh, which claimed to be a blend between a, a bourbon and a, a malt whiskey, a single malt whiskey. I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but it it just was contradictory to what they were actually advertising it as. So. As, as much as we should be trying to adhere to a state of, of conduct within distilleries themselves, it seems like the TTB has kind of fallen a little bit short in, in their, uh, their regulatory abilities <laughs> right now. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure because, I mean, they're talking about basically the description on this is just saying like... Uh, its namesake, President Andrew Jackson, the Hermitage stamp uh, right. issued in 1956 as part of the Liberty Series, so on and so forth. Uh, his wife, Andrew Jackson, his wife, Rachel, frequently entertained guests at their home. It's rumored, and here's where you get more into the bourbon, um, it's rumored that a fire in the mid-1800s destroyed a secret distillery on the Hermitage grounds. And then it goes into the reserve rye and a tribute to the rich bourbon culture. So none of it makes sense, especially considering they're talking about a, a 99% corn, 1% malted barley mash bill. Yeah. There's no rye in there. <laughs> no, no, there's I mean, not. There, there is no rye in that mash bill. So no, I, not at all. I don't, I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're talking about. To be quite honest, 
Yeah. I I will say I'm interested in the age 10 years. I'm interested in the barrel proof. Um, yeah, right. Right, me too. All of that stuff sounds like really cool. I, <laughs> I, I'm definitely interested. I just don't know what's going to happen with it. Yeah, I just don't know what the... <laughs> the story that you're building around it i'm just it's very confusing it's very confusing yeah so, you know also, it, 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 do you get a vibe of a little henry mckenna i i i do between the age and the the color of the label i mean it is very uh henry mckenna-esque especially the fact that they have a tax strip over the top of the cork yeah um what i what i am assuming is going to be a cork um but i I don't know, man. I don't know what to expect from this bottle of whiskey at this point. <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> but we'll, I'm interested. We'll, yeah, we'll, and we'll certainly find out, I'm sure. Uh, but th- this next product, I am. I, I would say I'm pretty excited for, uh, regardless of whether or not I am a, a super fan of the, the products that they put out. Um, but Brown Foreman is releasing a 150th anniversary 100 proof bourbon. I th- this is really really cool. I I am excited for this. Um I have not really been I I would say that I have been moderately impressed with the the Brown Foreman special releases that have come out. Um in this case I don't know if it's going to be of superb quality but I, I I like this. I like this. I think it's a really cool looking label too. Yeah, I agree. Very minimal, very uh, kind of regal feeling. Yeah, yeah it, and I want to know what the bottle itself is going to look like too. Yeah, it's definitely a very special occasion, 150th uh, anniversary style type of bottle that you're getting. And I'll be very honest with you. I cannot imagine that this bottle is going to go for much less than what, like two hundred and seventy-five, three hundred dollars. I would I mean, assume it's it's going to be pricey. It's going to be up there for for folks. So I mean, unless you have a true affinity for the Brown Foreman line of of, of brands, uh, this this might be a pass for you <laughs> in general. But yeah, that, that being that said, you come across and. You know, yeah. which you won't. You won't. Yeah. Probably. But exactly. But I, I, I am curious to find out what this bottle looks like as a whole, not just the label uh, from the TTB website. Yeah, that that's true. So, with that in mind, we'll move on to the last of this week's TTB labels that have come across the table, uh, and uh, th- this one is—I don't know if Kurt, you have ever even heard of this brand before. Uh, but this is the Peg Leg Porker Tennessee Straight Bourbon Whiskey, which is 15 years old and 90 proof. So Peg Leg Porker is a, they're a barbecue restaurant in Nashville, right? Yeah. And they have been putting out uh, an MGP bourbon over the past couple of years that people are either really they're really interested in uh, or they just don't really care for it. And I, I'm, I'm curious to find out what a 15-year version of this is going to be like. I'm sure it's going to be good. I mean, I, I can't 
I can't imagine that it's going to be bad, but at the same time, with a product that has been really hit or miss over the past few years, it's interesting to come out with a fairly premium brand to try to counteract those notions. Yeah, I I haven't had any experience with uh, peg leg porker, um, or the you know pit master reserve. Sure. Um, I'm interested in the age. Yeah, it, there there really are not many 15 year bourbons on the market anymore. So, no. but I, I I will say too that it's a uh, this is supposed to be you know out of 2,500 bottles, so it's going to be fairly limited in its release. So, I mean they they might have some kind of uh, some kind of belief behind what they're what they're putting out. So it it, it could be surprisingly good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, what's your thoughts on where's this sourced? Do, do we know or? Yeah, it, it, I, I said it was MGP earlier, but I that is my understanding. I mean, I could be slightly off. It could be sourced from somewhere else. Uh, but from from what I can recall, it's an MGP bourbon. Yeah. OK. So, but it, it, to to that point, though, um it it's not on the label where it was actually distilled. All it says is that it was bottled in Nashville. Yeah, that's what so, I was at, at first. I was going to uh, see what your thoughts on speakeasy, <laughs> speakeasy spirits was, and then realized, oh, it's just bottled there. No, I no idea what speakeasy spirits is like, other than the the peg leg porker series. Uh, yeah, so it's the same, man. We'll find out one way or another. Uh, but that's that's been the news for the week. Kurt, I am really excited to get into this week's review with you, though. Yeah, uh, me too. Are, are, are you all poured up and ready to go for it? We're all poured up. We're all ready to go. We're all raring and, and waiting. So <laughs> <laughs> let's do this thing. Let's do it. All right. So know, as let me check my schedule real quick. Oh, you just got so much going on at the moment that you yeah, can't I'm even. Really busy. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, figured. Yeah. So as we have been doing over the past few weeks, uh, we have been doing blind reviews uh, for for Curtis and Swan, and uh, it's no different this week. I know what this pour is, um, but the other guys don't. So everything that they are experiencing is based solely off of first first reaction, and then by the time that we get to the price point or the price section of the review. Uh, that's when I will actually reveal to them what this is. So with that in mind, we have a review system of nose palette, finish, and price. Each category is out of five, and then we total the score up for a score out of 20. So, Curtis, what would you give? Well, you don't even have to give the nose a score at this point, but what do you think about the nose right now? The nose for me is very fresh. Uh, and fresh... Yes, fresh is what I'm meaning more of like a bright kind of citrusy flowery note. Uh, it has a little bit of it does seem like it has a little bit of a a nice proof point. I'm not sure exactly where that's at. But it very it has a very traditional you know, caramels, that sweet caramel, kind of sugary, uh, 
I'm getting more of a flowery kind of orange peel note that we've talked right. about quite often. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting on the nose. What about you? Yeah, I think that it is. Um, it seems to be like slightly traditional. I think that it is present in in terms of those notes, the caramel, the vanilla, the oak. Um, but there there is definitely a floral note that is is present and really trying to make make itself accounted for um as as you're you're nosing this bourbon yeah and as we go forth i definitely am getting i i took a sip of it and it just amplifies that floral note onto the palate as well sure sure i i and i i haven't gotten to the palate just yet but i did pick up like a peppermint candy note on the nose as well um so there there is much to be discovered by the nose on this one at the very least yeah i'm getting um a little bit of and i think this is where the peppermint's coming from for you i'm getting more of like a mint like eucalyptus Mm. okay uh but not not significantly at all i i don't want to get into you know it, it being like having like a rye feel because it's not mm. that is tasty though oh it's su- it's very tasty Ooh. it's it's very uh bright and happy and kind of perfect for like a spring weather kind of uh bourbon or whiskey that we're we're tasting Right, but uh, it it really seems to kind of ease into some of the darker notes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, as, as the the finish goes along, it starts to become, um, it starts to become a little bit more oak influenced, and I think it yeah. it, it it turns into, um, not not the same animal that it was from the outset, but I think the finish is where that that transition yeah, happens. For sure, for sure. I really enjoy this. This is this is nice. <laughs> Especially in uh, I'm looking out my window and it's pouring rain and just yeah, kind of gloomy. It's gross out right now. Yeah. And this bourbon is kind of transporting me to a happy kind <laughs> of warm weather Easter Sunday, you know. Yeah. Well, as I chomp on my Easter lamb, yeah, uh, exactly. What, what what would you give the nose, buddy? Uh, the nose, I am gonna give. I think I'm gonna give it a three. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and not to give too much away, but I think the palate is where this really kind of shine. The palate to, towards the finish is where this really kind of shines. Um, for me, I think the nose is very inviting. It has more of this. Uh, sweet floral kind of note that we were talking about. And it really is inviting. I really want to just like, if you were to just nose this, you would want to try this immediately. Um, I wouldn't want to take too much time is what I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, Oh, let's just go ahead and try this. Um, so I'm giving a three on that point. Yeah. I gave it a three as well. Um, I think that it is really well balanced. I don't think that it's necessarily the most 
traditional bourbon nose. No. I don't think, but I, I still think that it has a lot to be offered uh, that, that would entice you to kind of keep going with it, for sure. Uh, I gave the palate a 3.25. Okay. Why, why do you give it a 3.25 rather than a 3.5, let's say? <laughs> I think that it has it has exactly what the nose is offering um, with just a slight tinge of something extra. I don't think that it's really quite pushing it into that exceptional territory, um, but it's definitely a step up from the nose. And I'll, I'll talk about my finish score here in a minute, um, but I, I think that while it is still enjoyable, I'm missing just a hair of of what I want uh, on the palate. Yeah, I t- <laughs> I totally agree. I was I was thinking a three and a half, but you said uh, ex- you know I wouldn't push it towards an exceptional, which I think we probably give a three and a half to four for exceptional. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I agree on a 3.25. Um, you know, if this, the palette does everything that you were saying, it, it amplifies what you get on the nose. Uh, there is more of a traditional note that you're missing a little bit on uh, the palette. So I, I totally agree with 3.25. Now the finish though. <clears throat> It, it it's so interesting for me because everything is just kind of stair stepping. Like the the nose was one thing, the palate was one thing plus another, and then the finish was that thing plus another another. <laughs> yeah. And I I gave the I gave the palate or excuse me the finish a three point five. Um, I think that's where things start to kind of really uh, explode a little bit. Maybe not necessarily like you know, being the most, the most amazing, but it definitely becomes its own animal on the finish. So 3.5, I think that kind of pushes it slightly uh, into the above average realm for me. Uh, But what'd you, what'd you give the the finish? (laughs) Perry, we're just uh, copying each other, I think. <laughs> All right, so you also gave it a 3.5 then. So I gave it a 3.5. I and the only reason I I was like, "Ah, maybe I'll give a 3.25 is uh it's not the most exceptional uh finish I've had. With that being said, it's it's very good. It has yeah. that long uh that long finish that you you really want in a bourbon and um I found that that's hard, that's that's hard to find in some. Yeah. Is the yeah. long finish, the one that just continues all the way down through the chest and it has a warming effect and has kind of it, it comes uh, like when you're breathing, it kind of comes back through the nose a little bit. Sure. Like that warm sense. Yeah. Um, for sure. I got so you. So I'm at a 3.5, 3. 3.25. Um, we're not going to get into the, you know, three, 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 four, fives or three. <laughs> <you know. laughs> We're not going to get to the fifths. 
Uh, yeah, we're, so, we're really trying to stay, you know, e- easy to do math realm of a uh, yeah, exactly numbers. But uh, uh, do, do you want to know? Do you want to know the price before you know the product? Oh, uh, yes. I want to know the price before I know the product. So this is about $30. I would say $30 is the bare minimum that you're going to be able to pick up this bottle for. Okay. $30? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with the 3.75. Mm, okay. I, I actually went with the with an average between my scores. I gave it a three point two five. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I think it's. I mean, very good. I, the price. Yeah. It's the finish on this is something that's hard to find in a thirty dollar bottle. I think. Um, well, this is definitely a remnant of the the Henry McKenna era of of bourbons, right? Okay. So. This survived through the uh, through that time of you know everybody trying to buy up the slightly higher proof uh, available bottles of bourbon that people were talking highly of, but it just didn't quite. I don't think it quite made it to the public eye in the way that uh, that other bottles did. Um, I so in total, I gave it a. A thirteen point five, yeah. Wait, hold on. Seven, ten, yeah. A thirteen point five, and I I think that it is um. I think that it is a very enjoyable bottle of bourbon, especially at this price point. I uh, this is the David Nicholson Reserve, uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, which is a hundred proof. Okay. And is is very very much overlooked in in this market. I would say. Yeah, um, I I don't think I've ever noticed it. What? <laughs> say that name again for everybody at home, so I can go get it. <laughs> it's it's the David Nicholson Reserve. Okay. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I'm about to send you a picture of it. Yeah, definitely do. Um, so you had a 13 and a half? Yeah, you gave it a 14 point. Uh, maybe a 14 flat. I think, I, yeah, I gave it a 14 flat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So th- this I think is. That's about right. Yeah, this is just under what I would say is a kind of an immediate recommend. Uh, I think that you should definitely pick up a bottle at the very least because there is a lot of good stuff going on here. I think that people are totally overlooking it. I think that it could be well recept well recepted, well respect. I don't know. Uh, people will enjoy it and <laughs> accept it. I uh, in in today's market, um, it's just uh, it, it is so so under the radar. Yeah. In, uh, in, Where can in, you find in, this? On your bottom shelf at Liquor Barn. Really? Seriously. Yeah, that's where I saw it the other day. No way. Yep. Huh. Yep. Yeah, this is kidding. this is totally a bottle that I I would overlook. <laughs> it's 
it, it's it's one that like I know that uh, we we have talked about it before. I don't I don't think you and I have talked about it before, but um, Chad and Sarah brought it to my attention, and then I was like, well, I better get a bottle of it, and really was quite blown away by the the overall quality of this product. So I think that um, yeah, I don't I don't really know who the distillery is that produces this. I don't know uh, who bottles it. Um, yeah. That being said, though, it is uh, it is said that it's uh, bottled by the David Nicholson Distillery Company in St. Louis. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, exactly, exactly. And, and there's no you know, no specific year or anything like that. Nope. Nope. I like, there's something about a hundred proof bourbons, man. <laughs> I, I think it's got, it's got it. I don't know what it is, but it's got it. Yeah. It's got it. It, it has my number. <laughs> uh, so you're, I, you're definitely going to picking up a bottle this week then. Oh yeah. I think I will. <laughs> and you said it's thirty dollars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for it definitely has a you know Henry McKenna. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's there, but it definitely has <laughs> a Henry McKenna esque feel. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So I, I'm definitely more on you know. It's definitely not there, <laughs> but it's good. It's a recommend for sure. It, I is, it is definitely close. It you is know, it's not close. like a, you have to go get this right now, but it's definitely a, yo, you should, if you, if it's there, think about picking it up. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So that was our review for this episode. Curtis, we have a barrel rings. Very cool. This week. Yeah. We do indeed, and I am I am very excited for it. Um, I I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna play it for you, okay? And uh, we'll 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 listen along together. I would say. Gotcha. Hey guys, it's Papa Ritter here. It's Saturday. I'm calling a day before your recording. I hope everybody is surviving. Um, about about running just one quick errand because. Uh, Tom and Sarah need wine, but I wanted to call and say hello. You all are doing a great job on um, with the circumstances that are thrown at you. I hope Curtis is connected this week. Um, I was going to call. I was calling about um, Makers 101, which I like. I don't mind that uh, this is from last week's show. I don't mind that they're doing the uh, limited release. And if they do another limited release, I don't care. I'm not a Maker's regular fan, but I like what they're doing, and I think they needed to put some more limited releases out there. So that's my comment on last week's show. I have a tip and bits for you. Uh, Music-wise, of course, the new Pearl Jam album, um, Gigaton, it's fantastic. It takes a couple of listings to uh, really get it. Um, Dish has a new album out. I think it's digital only, and it's pretty good. It's uh, it's uh, very good. And the last one is um, Underwear. 
Ex Officio is the name of the company. They have the best underwear I have ever had on my body. Um, it is, it's, it's expensive, but I'm telling you, man, it's worth it. Uh, love to all. Hope you're doing well, staying safe and healthy and washing your hands and doing what we're supposed to be doing, social distancing. But uh, cheers to all. I hope to be on the show soon. Love you all. Bye-bye. That's awesome. So that that was Papa Ritter for anybody who uh who wasn't wasn't following along or wasn't able to follow along. Um but uh <laughs> that was that was that was nice to get the uh the Papa Ritter barrel rings in. Um he so Kurt, I I I I don't know if you went through the notes for last week, but uh Maker's Mark is releasing a, a limited version of the Makers 101. Okay. And it, w- Kurt, it, Swan and I had a whole conversation about whether or not they should even be doing that because it's something that people, you know, were either expecting or it could have been out there in the public already. Um, but I don't mind it. I don't mind that I'm not having to travel so far to Laredo, Kentucky to pick up a bottle. How do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, so you were saying that they were doing what exactly again? I, he, they're, they're putting out the maker's mark one Oh one, which was originally a, um, a duty free only bottle. Yeah. And then went to duty free and gift shop but then is now apparently being moved to a limited release on top of both of those things. Yes, I totally, I, I think that having an expansion of, of a product with maker's mark is, is fantastic. I mean, I think, I think that for a long time, I've really wanted something that is not just maker's, Makers or, uh, you know, Makers 46 or the Private Select. I think the right. expansion of having a, a wide, not a wide release, but like a a sought after that you can get um, and it's available, Makers 101. I think that's, I think it's a good product to add to a line. Um, whether they decide to do that or not, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still excited for it. I don't know what it's going to be like in terms of distribution, but I, I am excited one way or another. Um, <clears throat> and then he also provided a couple of tips and bits for us. Uh, one was the new Pearl Jam ad- uh, album, which I've not listened to all the way through, but apparently it's very good. So, Yeah, I I'm, haven't I'm, either. I'm, I'm, ex- I, I'm excited to, at the very least, uh, I give it a spin. And the other one, I wasn't entirely sure what it was called, but it's an underwear company. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> we're going to, well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to follow up with Papa Ritter on that one and see what, it, what exactly it was that he was saying. So maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll give him a call and splice it in here. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was the uh, best thing that he's ever put on his body. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll have to we'll have to see what he actually was talking about. Yeah, with that one. But 
anyway. Well, I Let's thank you. Tips and bits, right? Well, we we are not quite to tips and bits, actually. True. Okay. Surprisingly, we have uh, some questions uh, from our Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com and you just search for This Is My Bourbon Group and you answer a couple of security questions and then you can be a part of our little community. Uh, our first and second question come from Ian McMaster. And Ian asks, what's going to be your special pours today? And uh, for everybody listening, we are recording this on Easter Sunday. Uh, so, Kurt, do you have any special pours that you're gonna you're gonna pour today? Special pour, whatever I got. There you go. <laughs> That's a very Papa Ritter answer, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Is it really? That's awesome. Yeah, that that sounds like something my dad would say. Gotcha. Well, sure. it's it's true. It's whatever I got. Um, which w- I do have some things that I could pull out, uh, but I think. I'm more on the approach of let's save for a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, but at the same time, like I I looked over at my cabinet and I was like, I'm gonna pull a few a few special bottles out. So I've got a old uh, an old Russell's pick that I haven't had in a while, and uh, and uh, a, a pre fire Heaven Hill too. Okay, so, that Heaven Hill I'm sure will be fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ian follows up that question with, uh, what's going to be the first thing you do when you're off quarantine? Well, I'm going to give uh, everybody a really big hug because I miss <laughs> I miss human-to-human contact. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a bad way. <laughs> Mine will definitely be to go see family and... Yes. Just in general, be able to, you know, hug whoever I am closest to, you know. <laughs> I'm just a hugger, man. Like, yeah. I'm just a so, hugger, dude. I'm just a hugger. I just need, I need to hug somebody. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it is so yeah, strange. Honestly, and going back to the, the monotony of just like everyday life. I think it's been a, I think this has been a good, a good way of, you know, don't take everything for granted. Like exactly think of yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just looking forward to being able to spend time with people again. Really? I mean, that that's my big thing right now. Yeah. So, uh, Anthony Ratcliffe asks, uh, what's the best habit that y'all have developed during this quarantine period? Conversely, what's the worst habit you've developed? <laughs> um, I'll let you go. Well, I, w- I would honestly say that the best habit that I've developed is, and, and it sounds kind of contradictory, but I don't spend a lot of time worrying about how I look anymore. You know, like I, I just kind of am, I, 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 I'm just kind of present. You know, I'm not trying to put on for anybody. I'm not trying to, you know, dress the best or, or whatever. I'm just enjoying getting to... Uh, just wear sweatpants all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the but at the same time, the worst habit that I might have uh, accepted could very well be wearing sweatpants all the time. Um so <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hard once I have to get back to real life and wearing, you know, jeans. I uh, but who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> uh my best uh habit that I have 
I have formed is, or just best thing that has happened is that I have been able to stay within the moment. Yes. I think absolutely being able to stay within the moment, to be able to think, to be able to uh, keep an open mind with ever, with whatever I'm, I'm going through or whatever I was talking about or whoever I'm with at that point in time. Uh, I think it's been a great, great thing for me to be able to, to just be within the moment and not think of what, well, what am I doing in the next 20 minutes? What am I doing an hour from now? Who am I going to see, Right. you know, right. two days from now or whatever? Um, I think it's, it's helped with that quite a bit. Uh, on the opposite side, I would say I've probably had way too many potato chips and uh, <laughs> food that I should not have. Yeah. Well, at, at the same time, I mean, I, I've been a little bit more liberal in the amount of whiskey that I've been drinking. So. <laughs> yeah. And also, <laughs> um, and this isn't a bad thing. This has honestly been great for me is being able to catch up on all the shows and books and yes. uh, music I wanted to get into. <laughs> that has been great. Yes. Like, Absolutely. I feel so cultured right now. <laughs> in, in a time that there's not a ton of culture right now. <laughs> I've been about it. So this next question is from Barry Brinegar. Uh, he says, I've got a question. Well, do you know, Barry? Uh, he said, do you know of any new distilleries that are coming to market this year? As a matter of fact, I do. But I'm going to be very honest with you, Barry. Y'all haven't distill or uh, uh, disclosed to me what the name of your uh, what your distillery is just yet. Um, but it's the folks through uh, Bluegrass Catering. Um, they are apparently going to be opening up a uh, a distillery here in Lexington, and I am I am super excited to find out more about that. Uh, they are supposed to be sending me a a sample of their uh, their twelve year old bourbon, which I'm I'm really really excited for. Uh, so we're, we're going to have them on the show here soon. It's Barry and his business partner, Jill. Uh, so I look forward to getting a chat with them sometime in the near future. Uh, this next question is from Cole Boozer. Uh, he said, would you like the tasting notes for that heaven Hill four grain blend? I know it's pretty long and detailed. It may not be interesting to most people. Actually, I would very much be interested in your, uh, your notes for that heaven Hill four grain blend. I think if I remember correctly, it was a blend between, the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof A120 and the Larceny Barrel Proof A120. So I would I would just be curious what uh, what you what you came up with there, Cole. So that should be interesting. Eric Smith asks, "What is the best Easter candy and bourbon pairing?" Um, best Easter candy and bourbon pairing. I it's it's hard not to try to factor in the Reese's eggs. Yeah, because there's just like a lot of nuttiness and peanut butter. Right. It is hard. If I'm going away from that, though, I'd venture to say a little peep. Uh, but peeps in what, though? <laughs> well, I didn't go that far. I don't know. <laughs> um, Maybe like peeps in a, a Booker's or peeps, peeps in a... Booker's in a... To, to, 
to balance out some of the uh, high proof and yeah. and darker yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah. I think for sure. I think a peep with any sort of bourbon that has more of a a barrel influence, significant barrel influence. <laughs> uh, Dustin asked, uh, "What is the best bourbon slash whiskey pairing with Easter meal?" Uh, ham ham paired with question uh, corn casserole with question mark etc. Um, I am I am really a sucker for anything that has been grilled and whiskey. I mean I feel like those two just go so well together. Um, and I I love lamb at Easter time. So you know maybe I'll go like a like this uh, this lamb chop that I've got over here and. Uh, Maybe a little bit of a large Craig Barrel Proof C918 if I'm feeling kind of froggy <laughs> here yeah. in a bit. Yeah, I get that. Uh, yeah, I think any anything traditional bourbon for an Easter is good. It balances yeah. out the sweetness with the uh, saltiness of the ham. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Matt Bailey asks... Have you ever brought a flask or stashed a bottle in the car at Easter dinner? I, you know, for health reasons, because the in-laws' health may be in jeopardy if you don't, uh, if you didn't. Um, <laughs> everybody in my family is pretty fine without me having to hide a flask in the car. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll answer this question because I have. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> uh... I, on the other hand, have to uh, at least be cognizant of that. <laughs> um, for me, I have had anything from Elijah Craig to uh, Henry McKenna to um, to a Knob Creek single barrel out of the uh, the Easter's that I've had away from home. So th- this one is a little bit more in depth. But I, I figured that we should touch on it because it is it is relevant to what we've got going on in the community at the moment. Okay. Troy Mancusi, who is one of the guys over at Speakeasy Wisconsin, asked, uh, it's a situation that I'm in in, uh, in the middle of right now, rather. Is it appropriate for stores and bourbon groups to promote a private pick that is released now, given the per- current pandemic? I don't see a problem with it as long as there is some kind of call and hold a bottle for me system in place. What do you think, Kurt? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a problem with it as long as, you know, you're doing it in a, <laughs> in a healthy manner and you're not like having mm-hmm. hordes of people coming. Uh, I think it's it's good as long as you can reserve bottles and be able to account for everything then then yeah go for it yeah i mean if and even if you can release it to the quote-unquote public but still offer up you know home delivery and some capacity for folks who are members of the private group or you know whatever i think that there is some precedent that could be set for people to still get excited over it if you are promoting it. Um, but it's it's odd and it's difficult in this day and age. Yeah. I think 
people are looking forward to something to that is very true. <laughs> yeah, I think that people are looking for some some just like escape time and, you know, things just something to look forward to and I think that's something that that is great to provide. Yeah. I agree. Christian asks, uh, everyone talks about the negative side of quarantine. What are your top three favorite things about quarantine? Ooh. I will say, I have loved getting to go out on my back porch more often. And just, you know, whether it's a sunrise or sunset, and just enjoying and being kind of in the moment. I I love my back porch. <laughs> yeah. I love spending that time out there. Yeah, I... One for me is the uh, appreciate the little things. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure everyone kind of has that feel of it's the little things that count. Um, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I think that's I one. Don't, Two, I don't I mean, know if I have a Netflix. Go, I mean, holy shit. Yeah, well, that's fair. That is fair. I don't know if I have a top three, though. I don't know if I can get that far into it. I mean, like. I feel that I've been, I don't know, I've been fairly level-headed throughout most of it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think for me, one is probably uh, enjoying the weather because the weather has been pretty nice. Uh, Two, Mm -hmm. I would say uh, not being on my phone as much, not being connected. I think that's a better word. Uh, not being connected as much, more being just uh, in the moment type deal. See, that's funny for me because like I have spent more time on my phone connecting with people. Really? And not necessarily like just being on Facebook all the time. And, you know, I have been on Facebook a lot, probably more than I should be right now. Um, but I, I have enjoyed getting to kind of reconnect with people and uh, spend some time checking up on folks who, um, you know, I haven't talked with in a while. So I've enjoyed that aspect of it. It's given me the, the opportunity and the reason to reach back out to friends. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Um, Robert Beagle asks, what is the Easter bunny pouring rabbit hole wilderness trail, old forester four roses. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't yet met the Easter bunny in person. I feel like next year we might cross paths. So, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to figure something else out, you know, special for the Easter bunny for, for next year. Same for Santa Claus. Santa and I are going to finally get to sit down and have a drink together. So I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, (laughs) I also am, I, I very, I, I very much appreciate the uh, rabbit hole. I would like to try that as well. Yes, for sure. I mean, I, I've had it before, but, you know, on Easter. Oh, yeah, for sure. A little bit of irony. You know, uh, we we are very fortunate to have gotten to sit down with a cave from the rabbit hole distillery. Yes. You and I have this, and it, it's always been really fun getting to chat with him. We need to We need to work on bringing him back onto the show. Once everything lifts a little yeah. bit, he's a he's an amazing guy. He really is. He is super super sweet. This next question, though, Curtis, is 
directed just for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Joseph Brazo asks, what's the status of your wedding with, uh, you know, large groups and all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good question, Joseph. <laughs> it's all up in the air as far as... Uh... Is what I know right now. <laughs> uh, talk to me in about two weeks. Well, you might have a better to better uh, plan. As of right now, we are we are anticipating that we'll have to push back that wedding. Uh, we will still get married, but this is what we're super excited about. Um, is a year from now for our like anniversary, we will have a big celebration ceremony reception. Right. The fake wedding. Yes, exactly. The fake <laughs> wedding, as we are calling it. Um, but we'll we'll leave some of that for the uh, the the patrons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got we you got time. I don't know why I'm lumping myself in with you, but you've got time to to figure that out. And, yes, and let everybody know. Um, this next one's really interesting. It's from Don Nishida. He said, what Patreon level do we need to be to influence baby name choices? Uh, <laughs> he said, are you going with a bourbon theme name, like how some name their children after actors or characters, uh, i.e. Walker and Texas Ranger? <laughs> i.e. Elijah or... Uh, or Craig? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he offered some, some uh, suggestions. He said, Little Brook, uh, Rick, House, Ritter, Stave, Proof, Bung... Um, <laughs> he said, all kidding aside, very happy to watch you and Lucy become parents. The journey isn't always smooth, but it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. Cheers and happy Easter. Uh, Don, we will be working on restructuring the Patreon so that everybody has a say in what I name my child. So be on the lookout for that <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. AKA um, like a thousand dollar tier. Gets to yeah, pick. exactly. You can, and, and that's just for you know us to consider your suggestion. That's not even for your, your suggestion to be you know really in the hat or anything. But yeah. uh, if if you subscribe to the one thousand dollar Patreon tier and send us you know your both of your pinky fingers, then maybe we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> um. I mean, <laughs> uh, what price point does that get it to? Um, I need to make some phone calls before I can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Uh, in our last question, which is not a question, but it's just a comment, uh, is from Patrick Starkey, who is actually uh, one of the listeners of the show, uh, who is uh, currently uh, deployed all the way in the Middle East. Uh, so thank you for your service, Patrick. He said, no question this week. I just wanted to thank you all for making this podcast in the first place and commend you for keeping with it during this weird time. Thank you for giving us something to look forward to each week. I have nothing to say to that other than it is our pleasure. And I enjoy getting to still do this show every week. Um, it means a lot that people are still listening. And I know that times are super, super weird, but we're, we're still keeping this up as long as we possibly can, like we've always said. So thank you all, everybody. Uh, who has continued to listen to the show and support us uh, during this bizarre time. So, yeah, 
I mean, that's all. That's all for. Oh, go ahead, Kurt. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I, I mean, thank you for thank you for your service, and thank you for, um, you know, just listening to the show. And it, it really is yeah. our pleasure to, to, you know, we get to drink bourbon and and talk about it, and just you know, hopefully create some sort of moment that uh, connects with everyone, every one of our listeners. So. Well, uh, we'll we'll wrap up with a a kind of quick fire round of tips and bits uh, where we recommend things for you all to listen to or watch or check out during uh, well, not even just these these weird times, just kind of in general. So, Kurt, do you have any tips and or bits for people to uh, yeah check out this so, week? Yeah, so for mine, I would say um, the newest uh, episode of Westworld comes out on Sunday. Uh, so if you haven't watched that, watch that because Westworld is a really great show. Uh, I've also been watching Ozarks and I've just gotten to season three and I've, I've been told that season three is one of the best. Uh, so <laughs> rapid fire. That's, I think those two, I've been watching a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Valley, which I've discussed, that's good too. Yeah. So. We, we still need to get caught up on Silicon Valley. Um, Tiger King. But, <laughs> oh yeah, the the newest episode of Tiger King came out today. Yes. Ah, oh, dang it! All right, well, now I have something to go watch later. Sunday, which, which <laughs> the episode has come out past that, but well, yeah, but it it's out for people who have you know watched Tiger King in general. Yeah. Um, I, I watched I, it already. <laughs> it, it's a good wrap up. It's not anything. Okay. You know, it's not anything to uh, write home about, but it's a good wrap up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I mean, I look forward to checking it out at the at the very least. Um, I have a, have a couple of uh, tips and bits this week as well. We started watching all of the James Bond movies from the beginning, um, which has been really kind of cool. Uh, we started from the very first Sean Connery movie and kind of moved on from there uh early james bond movies not the most entertaining but uh they are they are quite uh they're they'll get you through (laughs) you you can you feel like you're watching a james bond movie at the very least uh and i also started listening recently to a new podcast called time to die where comedians will uh there's usually two and they will write really horrible material for the other one, and they have to actually go up on stage and perform it in front of a live audience and just bomb horrifically, and it is so funny. It is so, so good. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. There are really only two episodes in, maybe three by the time this, uh, this episode comes out, uh, but very, very funny stuff. So... Uh, that's it for this week, I believe, of this My Bourbon Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, as you do every single week. Curtis, where can people find you on social media? On Instagram, you can find me at KurtCon, and on Twitter, Kurt underscore Con 15. And if you would like to find me personally, I am at Purator1492 on all social media channels. The show itself is at My Bourbon Pod on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You can send us an email to thisismybourbonshop at gmail.com if you have questions or comments about the show itself. We'll be happy to read them out during our question slash mailbag segment uh, for everybody. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. 
com. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app. Uh, you just scroll down in the main feed of the podcast itself and leave us a nice little review. We have not received a new review this week, but if you do review the show, we will read it out for you uh, and let you guys know just how much... <sighs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> and we'll read it out for you. And uh, last but not least, you become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show at $5 a month. You get bonus content like these bonus episodes that we release every month. You get the pregame chats, which we uh, just recorded right before this episode. And uh, yeah, it's it's really a fun time to go over to uh, that community and hang out. Um, I'm, I'm slightly freaking out, Curtis, by the way, because the sky has turned a very strange color outside of my house. A so I'm trying yellow? to. Yes. Yeah, it's, it got really yellow really quickly. So I'm trying to wrap up just in case we need to go to the <laughs> go to a, a windowless room for for any reason. But yeah, uh, hopefully this isn't the last episode of this in my bourbon podcast. <laughs> Bring a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. My Elijah Craig Barrel Proof might be coming to the garage with me. Um, we'll, we'll find out, but, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, thank you to everybody who is a Patreon supporter. Of course, uh, you guys really do help this show continue every week, every month. Uh, and that about does it for this week. We will see you all soon. I really, really hope the sky is getting oranger and oranger, but until next week, I'm Barry. I'm Curtis. And this is my bourbon podcast. Pray, pray for us, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>